of 90s teen horror. I'm Heather Parry and with me is my co-host Kirsty Logan. And we are sleepwalking. Weird because I actually yawned when you were doing your intro <laughs> and I didn't know if I was going to be finished in time. I thought I was just boring you. <laughs> I'm Never. so sick of you Kirsty Logan after Never. eight seasons. <laughs> um, it is our all face tree all the time season. Uh, Heather hates me. <laughs> and today we're doing the sleepwalker. Uh, let's launch straight in. Episode 7. Yeah. We've cut all down our waffle. Our I waffle know. waffle. We're all waffled out. <laughs> I'll never be waffled out. You know this. <laughs> We've emptied out a waffle maker. Moving on. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Tell us about this cover. I think it's cool. Um, I think she looks like a giant baby, but... <laughs> so, we've got a very blue-grey toned cover. We're unfortunately back to the bright red Fear Street R.L. Stein... Uh, color, which mm-hmm. I thought the kind of um, muted pink from last episode was way better. So, how will I describe it? So we've got a woman, and she's walking in some water, but the the spray behind her makes it look like she's kind of walking in from breaking waves, walking mm. up to the beach. But there's loads of houses in the background, so unless the this the sea is on Fear Street now, which I don't believe is in the book. <laughs> Everything's on Fear Street. It's got woods, it's got an island. <laughs> it's got a big creepy house, it's got a cemetery. Um, it's almost like he's not even thought about this. You know, like a proper writer would have a map of Fear Street. If they yeah. would, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't do that, but if I was going to set an entire book series or, you know, career on one particular street, I would have someone draw it out for me. See, I probably wouldn't and just hope nobody noticed. You would. Which is maybe what he's done. Oh Yeah, he has, and we have noticed. Anyway, so <laughs> she's in the water up to her, like, ankles, uh, sea spray behind her, lots of houses behind that, so it doesn't make any sense spatially. Um, she is a brunette, a pretty brunette. She's got, like, long, kind of uh, gently waving hair that goes behind Finally, her shoulders. a brunette in a Robot Stein book. Oh, yeah, maybe she's red, and mm. you won't describe it this way, don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing, like... To me, she looks like a giant baby, but also she's wearing what could be like a plain hockey shirt. So it's big, it's got sort of half sleeves, but the sleeves are baggy. It's got a red collar. It's like a long white t-shirt, essentially, with nothing on it. And uh, one of her shoulders is kind of like sexily poking out from where the collar's gone down her thing. I Mm -hmm. would wear that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I could see you in that. I think she's got kind of, um, what's that Bonnie Tyler video? Totally Clips of the Heart. Yeah, she's got Totally Clips of the Heart vibes going on. Yeah, and her arms are like a doll's kind of arms off at the side. And I suppose she's supposed to have like a piercing stare. Mm -hmm. Um, And underneath it says the sleepwalker. She isn't safe, even in her dreams. Copyrighted material. I don't hate that. (laughs) What is Nightmare on Elm Street? Copyrighted material. (laughs) No, it just says at the bottom of mine, copyrighted material. So it does. (laughs) I wonder what element it means. It's not the best. It's still got that retro vibe that we're enjoying with the covers, but it's not the best one. I wouldn't have it on a poster. Like, some of the others I would have on a poster. Yeah, like last week's. Yeah. It was really cool. There's been some good ones. It's not the best, but it's okay. Um, Can I say, before we get really stuck into this book, I loved it and also fucking hated it. Interesting. Um, 
it's got kind of like aggressive ambivalence you've got going on that's exactly how I would describe <laughs> it because there's some elements that I'm like oh my god I love this so hard and then it has the most toxic hetero message that I'm gonna say we've maybe ever had interesting in oh these yeah books. oh yeah it does yeah it's, I mean I'm gonna go into it but geez um aggressive ambivalence could also be an alternative title for this podcast <laughs> we should be keeping I like a list it. I like it it's accurate um so I'm gonna quickly go over our R.L. Stein bingo card Jump scares, bland menacing, girls fighting over a basic dude, white blonde hair, pranks or jokes, a redhead little brother, animal cruelty, fat shaming, white supremacy, and a sports ball hat, the Beatles, or Stephen King. Okay. Although we haven't had a lot of Stephen King. Seems like maybe that was a later thing. What did we have in the in, in either this book or the last book? I think maybe this book. He used book. to always have a Stephen King reference. There is a specific writer reference, I think, in this one that I've not written down. Okay. Is it Stephen King? I don't think I did either. I think it might be Stephen King. Um, so I'm going to read you the first page of... Must you? <laughs> yeah, and you're going to love it. Okay. It's going to be great. As pale as moonlight, Mayra seemed to float across the lawn. Her long coppery hair... Yeah, it's not brown. You're saying Mayra? Yeah. Okay. So it's M-A-Y-R-A. How would you say that? Myra? But that would be M-Y-R-A. I mean, I've never heard the name Mayra before. No. But I can't think how else you would say it. Okay, let's go with Mayra. <laughs> okay. Her long coppery hair billowed in the gusting night breeze. Her silky white nightgown shimmered in the soft light, flapping soundlessly in the wind. Eyes gently closed, Mayra moved effortlessly, almost ghost-like, barefoot over the tall grass. A chorus of tree toads started to chirp, but the noise didn't stir her. A few seconds later, the song ended as abruptly as it had begun. Now the only sound was that of her breathing, hard and irregular, the only sign that she was alive, that she was real, and not a beautiful moonlit apparition. She reached the low hedge at the end of the lawn and turned as if guided by some inner radar. A car turned onto the street and rolled quickly past. The sleepy driver didn't even see her. So I won't read you the whole thing, but she's sleepwalking. He's not written that, is he? That's too good. It's too good, though. That's what I'm saying. This book, it started off and I was like, oh, I think this is going to be like my favourite Robot Stein book. But I mean, it goes very badly off the rails, but yeah. Do you know what? Too good for him. I think. What year did this come out? Um... I think late 80s, like 89. You know what I think they've done? I think they've drafted in some ghostwriters, specifically CBC. Oh, do you think? Oh, so CBC, maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. But what, they've got him in to do the end? Yeah. (laughs) I think they've got him. They've had her write the book and then had him be like, put his sprinkle of shit on it. Little, Little jobby sprinkles. Yeah. I'd love to know whether that's true. Yeah. If you worked for Scholastic in the late 80s, can you please get in touch? We won't say your name on the podcast. We'll be like that publishing spilling tea thing or whatever. Yeah. Except 30 years out of date. But we'll have actual tea, which nobody except us will care about. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so here's the story of the sleepwalker. Mayra, or possibly Myra, has a job. She's going to get five, get paid $5 an hour, which at the time, I imagine, was about $50 an hour. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a, that's a million pounds in right? today's money. <laughs> to make an old lady called Mrs. Cottier her lunch and read to her. But there's a problem. So Mary's mum is a nurse, and she nursed Mrs. Cottier once when she wasn't well. And she said, Mrs. Cottier is a rank old bitch. That's, well. not, that's not a quote. <laughs> that's not a quote from the book. That's how I'm choosing to paraphrase it. Fair. She says she's um, not very nice. And so then Mary's like, oh no, it's not going to be worth the $5 if she's a rank old bitch. However, when she gets to the house, 
Mrs. Cottier is actually really nice and chill. However, this is when it's becoming my kind of thing. She's got all this weird stuff in her house. Oh my god, can I can I do a yes. list? Oh okay. my god, I'm so excited. Mrs. Cottier's Knickknacks, which is also a really good um, podcast name. That's a good title. Mrs. Cottier's Knickknacks. Colourful vases, ancient looking pieces of sculpture, porcelain figures of strange looking people, antique jars filled with shells or feathers or colourful powders, carved cats and birds of wood and stone, a pair of tiny white gloves stained brown with age, rimless eyeglasses and a monocle, faded pressed flowers, a ceramic chicken's foot, several carved moon crescents, what's just a weird sentence, sorry, yeah. <laughs> a stuffed white owl, a small paper, sorry, a small stuffed mouse, a paper mache pig's mask, and a bronze figurine of a boy with one arm. Right? I love her. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> it's, do you know what it reminds me of? Our friend Camilla, Grudova, <laughs> excellent writer, read her book The Doll's Alphabet. <laughs> That's what her house would look like. If it she could is. have anything she wanted in her house, that's exactly what it would look like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's got some of this stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's got the she's got papier mache pig mask. She's got a wolf mask. <laughs> yeah. So she has. And it's probably got a stuffed mouse as well. It's very CBC as well though, isn't it? Isn't it? As well as CG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you mean. I like this theory. But she did she need to ghostwrite? She had, maybe she didn't have her own name. Maybe that's how she got her own name. This is what I'm saying. I her think, books came later, didn't they? I think maybe they got a team to write the Fear Street Fear Street series, and that team was then expanded out into the Point Horror crew. So mm. Diane Ho, that's why we had some incest in the last book. No, I think that's RTC, wasn't it? Oh yeah, RTC. Mm-hmm. So maybe RTC. If there's a book with like loads of random characters, that will be the one that Diane Ho did, and then I think they got elevated to their own name. So this was them like earning their chops. They were the writers' room for First Street. I mean, it's our theory. Yeah, it's only a theory. Don't sue us. But he would—he was still the head of the writers' room, which is why they're still shit. Yeah. So they were like, "I'm gonna cram in as much good stuff as I can," but he's like, "No, no, I'm gonna swoop in at the end and just poop on it." Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Which is exactly what happened. So she's got this badass sounding house <laughs> with all this cool shit in it and she... I'll hang out with her for five pounds an hour I, know, right? I do like I the pay kind of... her five pounds an hour I do like the kind of like union vibes though of a teenager being like I'm not even like to earn any money it's not worth it to hang around with someone who's going to treat me like shit yeah. I like that that's good I mean it's highly privileged but it's also just a good vibe to be going into the world of work with yeah I agree I agree um, the other thing that Mrs. Cotier has she's got this drawer full of black candles <laughs> and she's also got a black cat who seems very watchful and like it's listening Where all the could time this possibly be going right she also has this amazing skin her face is as smooth as a teenager's um and also we learn that she had a son called vincent who drowned when he was three and she has this incredible guilt vincent price could be. Oh my god. She has this incredible, I think the ages are wrong there, <laughs> this guilt <laughs> over the fact that she couldn't say Vincent. And then also, Mary sees two very blonde kids, ding 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 bingo, ding, 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 ding. Dab, dab. playing in a graveyard. But then when she goes to tell them off for, you know, desecrating the graves or being disrespectful, they're gone. Mm. So as you can see, all these intriguing details are introduced. You know, we have all this kind of witchy shit in this woman's house. How does she look so supernaturally young? Where did these kids go? Are they ghosts? Don't get into any of it yet, but make note of it. 
Okay. Because, you know, as a reader, you're like, ooh, all these things are going somewhere, and Rosie's padding about very noisily. Okay. We'll pin Have them. You made, pin, pin them all. Okay. We're going to come back to them. Pin them on the paper mache pig's mask. Oh, yes, please do. If you've made a paper mache pig's mask, we want to see it. That sounds incredible. The other thing about Mary that we need to know is that she just broke up with Link, who is dark, handsome, high energy, and a real dick. And the main character from Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Do you think that's that <laughs> connection there? It's weird that he's called Link. I mean, so I know someone whose name is Lincoln. I assumed it was short for Lincoln, but that's never explained. No. And it's not. It's spelled like Link from... Like a chain link. Legend of Zelda. Yeah. yeah. Weird, isn't it? Um, he begs her to get back with him, but she won't because she's with Walker now. Yeah. And again, these names. These aren't Robotstein names. Mayra, Link, Walker. These are CBC names. Yeah, and You're right. So we find out that Walker is kind of like a witch, um, but I'm going to say that Walker isn't really a witch name. It's more of a Texas Ranger name. Well, he's not a witch. He's a magician. <laughs> magician. Yeah. So he does like magic tricks. Yeah, but he. Mm, but he's also into the occult. You could. Yeah, you can try really hard to make magic tricks cool, but it's just. I'm sorry. It's, uh, it can't. I also don't believe that anyone into like Wicca is called Walker. No, I know. Walker. Walker's like a jock name. It is a jock name. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm introducing right now. Remember my new section that I introduced ages ago and then never returned to because there was no cause to, which is the one bit I do like? Yeah, I do know, and I know exactly which bit you're going to read because I've also written it here. But I've uh, quite unfortunately written this section as Kirsty's KKK Corner. <laughs> oh, God, please don't call it that. Is it when the guy comes to the door? Uh, no. Oh, my God. So there was another bit you thought would like. Here's the bit I actually like. Okay. So the, there's a knock on the door. Mary got to the door first and pulled it open. A balding, middle-aged man with a red face glared at her angrily. Despite the heat of the afternoon sun, he was wearing a charcoal grey wool suit. He mopped his broad forehead with an already wet handkerchief. Mary saw that he was carrying a peach in his other hand. Where's Mrs. Cottier, he demanded without saying hello or giving Mary any kind of greeting. I'm coming, I'm coming, Mrs. Cottier called from behind Mary. Is that you again, Mr. Clean? It's Cleeg, not clean, he shouted angrily, his face got even redder. What do you want this time, Mr. Clean? Mrs. Cottier asked. Appearing beside Mary in the doorway, he rolled his eyes and held up the peach. What do you think, he asked nastily. So, he's mad that her peaches keep falling into his garden. And I'm sorry, I feel like this is some Flannery O'Connor shit. This is like a southern gothic, the sweaty man holding the peach. He's angry that the peaches keep falling in his garden. Like, I think that's fucking good. It's way more, way more well written. It's way better written than the usual Robot Stein stuff. Yeah, he just doesn't write like that and can't. No. So it's not him. I also do like... I think um, it's Jane Stein, his wife. No, I think it's Caroline B. (laughs) (laughs) I like that um, Mrs. Cottier says... Um, I can't stop the peaches from falling out of the tree because that's very, if you don't like my peaches, don't shake my tree, which Mm -hmm. is a thing we see all the time. Who said that? I think it's Shirley Jackson, wasn't it? Yes, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, Our queen, Shirley Jackson. See, I even think that's got kind of Shirley Jackson vibes to it. Yeah, true. Like, she would have written it maybe a bit more elegantly, but it's got the vibes. So anyway, what happens is Mr. Clean... Wait, wait, can I tell you what? Oh yeah, what was the bit you thought I would like? Maybe you should finish your bit about Mr. Clean. So he drops his hanky um, and later... Mira finds Mrs. Cottier muttering over the hanky in a kind of, maybe a witchy way. <laughs> and then, the next time she comes round, she sees an ambulance. She thinks it's Mrs. Cottier, but it's Mr. Clean. Did she curse him? <gasps> what happened? Well, he, I think he fell down the stairs. 
I think he fell out of a tree. Well, he fell. Or he was trying maybe to be the, the peach tree, tree. Again, we've got a tree again. It's so good. It so again, good. put a pin in that as well. The tree, the peach tree. What's the, what's the significance of the peach tree? Pin it all to your papier mache pighead. <laughs> I thought Kirsty's KKK corner was going to contain this. Contain with a K. <laughs> When she was a little girl, a boy from down the block had given her bad dreams for weeks by telling her the story of why the gravestones there were all crooked. It was because the dead people underneath were pushing up with their shoulders, pushing up every night, trying to push the gravestones away so they could climb out. To this day, crooked gravestones in the cemetery gave Myra the shudders. I actually love that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I do like he, that. he wouldn't come up with that. It's too good. He wouldn't think of people and the the consequences of their actions. <laughs> or like a child misunderstanding something and it becoming like a horror moment. Yeah, no, he wouldn't, he wouldn't think of that. He wouldn't just he just thinks slime. <laughs> <laughs> Stinky slime comes up through the. There tap. was a, a cemetery and it was covered in slimy rats. <gasps> yeah, exactly. That is what he would do, and then a quip, <laughs> and then a possessed ventriloquist doll, <laughs> and then a sponge. Yes, you're right. It is CBC. That's why I like it. Yeah, it is her. So anyway, what happens is Mira starts sleepwalking and she sort of wakes up in the night. I won't go through every episode of sleepwalking, but she, keep, <laughs> she... They do get a bit repetitive. She keeps kind of waking up in the night and she realises that she's going closer and closer to the lake with every sleepwalk. And then eventually... Jenny's very you. You yeah. enjoy that kind of stuff. I love very that shit. I love it. So eventually she walks... She sleepwalks into the lake and she doesn't wake up until she's like fully in the water and drowning and she has to get rescued by a fisherman. And it's actually pretty scary. Yeah. I think it's actually a really scary scene because you could die yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's a good bit. So let's talk about her relationship with... Well, cause up until this point, the book has mostly been like she goes to Mrs. Cottier's house, she reads to her, she starts to suspect that she's like suspiciously witchy um, and then the sleepwalking. So... Alongside this, we have her relationship with Walker, which seems, I want to say, pretty healthy. Mm. They seem to have... I mean, they are the goths in the school. They are. (laughs) They are. And it's good. So, for example, his... Oh, my God. The Fear Street multiverse, she catches him with Suki from the overnight. Yes. Can you believe it? They're tying together. Her platinum hair was was spunked. (laughs) Oh, God. Her platinum, platinum hair was spiked, punk style, with about a ton or two of gel. Gel again? She, gel. Knew she wore a people. T- oh my god, a people t-shirt, a purple t-shirt, and matching purple tights like she did last time. That is Suki. Under jean cutoffs, which is a great look, and I definitely had the kind of jean cutoffs with leggings underneath. Look. I did that as well. Yeah. With the fishnets, I even wore. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, she said that's frightening. That's weird, isn't it? I think it's not the first time we've had... That's the first time I've noticed a character overlap. Which, it kind of makes sense because there's all these books, all these kids go to the same school. Yeah. You would think there would be more overlap. And they're all kind of in the same year as well. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll... I mean, this is only, what, the fifth or sixth actual Fear Street book? Like, what, what number is it? Yeah, well, I think we've skipped over a few. So generally, unlike the regular seasons, we're kind of doing these ones in order. Yeah. But we've gone slightly out of order because we already did some of them on the Patreon. No, the Sleepwalker is number six. Oh, is it? Okay, but this is episode seven. Oh, right, okay. And also, we've had two for the films. <laughs> okay, but we're, so we're more or less there. We're yeah, less pretty there. much, pretty much. So maybe we'll find out a lot more of that now. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Find out a lot more of that. Maybe that we'll have more characters that appear. Are we going to ultimately read 
every fursuit book. Kirsty. Is that our lives now? Fuck off. <laughs> Is that our whole lives? At some point, I'm going to have to put a stop to this. There's hundreds of them <laughs> at some point. You're like, I mean it this time. <laughs> Rosie just turned around and started like, chewing on my foot. As if to say, <laughs> save one of us, please. So, uh, she catches Walker with Suki, who does not have spunky hair. And... <laughs> And he says, You don't oh, know. <laughs> well, that's true, I don't know. And you know what, Suki? You do what you want, girl. You do you. You have fun the way you want to have fun. But he says, No, we're just friends. Like, why can't a guy and a girl be friends? Good point. Um, and also, I really like this bit. I'm so leaning into your theory that he didn't write this because the dialogue in this is way better than his usual dialogue. Because this is what Suki says. I was working at Frosty's here at the mall, you know, the hair place, but I got canned. They wanted me to work too many hours. I said, like, forget it, you know? Like, that sounds real. That's like a child speaking. But that's like real dialogue. Yeah. That's, that's, teenager. <laughs> that's like that's how, how a teenager, teenager would talk, yeah. Which I'm like, Robot Stein, you know, if you try, you can really do it. Or you can pay someone else to do it for you. Because <laughs> I think that's good dialogue. So also, a bit later in the book, um, Mayra is getting really upset about all the sleepwalking. She wants to have a weekend away with her friend, Donna. And we have this. She had to break a date with Walker. He sounded disappointed, but he was very understanding. Get going, he said. Have fun. And don't think about anything heavy. That's chill, right? That is. That's good boyfriend behaviour. Heavy is very 70s dialogue, isn't it? Heavy. Oh man, that was so heavy. So heavy. Um, but I think that's good. He's like, you know, she seems kind of surprised. That like, oh my god, he didn't have a tantrum about... Me breaking a date with him. And you're like, yeah, why would he? Yeah. I guess, I don't know. He seems to think that that's what would happen. And then later, she wants to go to the lake that she sleepwalked into to kind of see, like, why is it calling to me? Because she doesn't think she has any connection to the lake. Um, and so Walker can't go because he says he's babysitting his nephews. And he says... <laughs> sorry, sorry, look at Rosie right now. <laughs> she's, she's like... <laughs> Oh, clinging to her face with her paws and like scratching at her ears. Please let me please escape stop. From this book. I hate it so. I've heard you talk about so many of these books and I hate it. That was so like cute. Trying to wipe her ears. Yeah. <laughs> trying to wipe the sound trying away. Trying to remove her own ears off her head so she doesn't have to listen to our fucking podcast anymore. Oh, dear. look at your little white eyebrows, Rosie. <laughs> You're such oh, an old lady. So cute. Hello. Okay, go and lie down. Go and lie down. Go on. Any listeners, if your dog's in the room and they've just gone and laid down, <laughs> you're welcome. So uh, Walker says, I can't go with you and babysit my nephews. I'd come with you if I could. Listen, we'll go to the lake some other time, okay? So like, he's really chill, he's really understanding. When she says, I'm really troubled about this thing, he's like, okay, let's talk about it. And he just sits and listens to her, talk about it. Like, seems like a really good boyfriend. Um, also her mother very healthily, I think, suggests that Mira sees a psychiatrist about her sleepwalking. So she does. I need a sidebar for the psychiatrist. Okay. <laughs> because... Oh, hello. Yes, child outside. I agree. <laughs> it's good when children have got their own voice. <laughs> He's called Lawrence Stern, like the author who wrote Tristram Shandy. Oh. Right? Right. And he also says this bit of brilliant dialogue. <laughs> I've tried to grow a beard so that I'll look older, but it comes in all splotchy. Makes me look like a ferret. Yeah. <laughs> Robot Stein didn't write that. No, he didn't. He didn't. He doesn't have the capacity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into this theory. It, he's good, isn't he? Because he's like joking around to make her feel better and because she's a bit nervous. Yeah. He He's hot. He's obviously hot with yeah. his ferret beard. We know this. Like when you go to doctors, oh my God, I used to have to go to like a hospital quite a lot when I was a kid because I had like really bad asthma and eczema. And there would always be some, like, 
newly qualified like young doctor who was like 25 or something and they'd always be the ones making you jokes to make you feel a little bit better and you're like i am in love with him i'm kind of in love with uh this writer dr stern yeah oh i bet he's sexy i bet he's like stern but you want to like make him take his glasses off you know (laughs) do my friend once went to the doctor because she had this embarrassing vagina issue he was, she had this embarrassing vagina. Yeah, she did. And uh, he was so hot that basically when he said, what's the problem? She just made something else up. <laughs> no! She didn't want him to know about her vagina. <laughs> One day he might want to go in there and I don't want to have ruined it. Exactly. I'll put him off my vagina forever. <laughs> Even when he gets better, he'll always think about it. <laughs> Which, don't do that, guys. Oh, what is that? I'm sex in the city. But oh. also I feel like, you know, if that hadn't happened and at the end of the appointment the doctor had been like, so can I take you out sometime like that's a bad doctor can I take you on your rancid vagina in a day <laughs> like if your doctor asks you out after an appointment that's not okay it does happen on Sex and the City that she her divorce lawyer Charlotte's divorce lawyer is too attractive so she gets him to change it for someone else because she needs to be a more visible bitch uh, and then she ends up getting with and marrying say, the, the other guy yeah. and he's like her one true love or something yeah even though he's like balding and he's got a hairy back and he's with his like mouth open and stuff yeah Sometimes love that the heart, message. The heart wants what the heart wants. Love that for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's isn't he? I don't know. I've only seen like two episodes of Sex and the City. But isn't it's one of those things that's like the Kardashians. You just absorb it, whether yeah. you seek it out or not. Yeah. Or Although like, I wouldn't say anything. I know anything about the Kardashians. I know way more than I should. And also Star Wars. I've never seen Star Wars. I know shitloads about it because <laughs> yeah. you just fucking. Oh, like you've never seen Harry Potter, but you know shitloads about Harry Potter. I have actually you just seen absorb the it. Oh, just okay. The have you? Okay. Well, I guess that might be how you know stuff. <laughs> I thought you just hated it so much. No, I do. But I had a my I used to babysit for my cousin when I was home from uni, and um, she is neurodiverse. And I thought we would end up just watching Disney films over and over again. But no, we watched the fucking Lord of the Rings trilogy and the first three Harry Potter films over and over again. So, and that would take a long time to watch all three Lord of the Rings. Yeah, was I know. The extended editions. Hell of a lot about those films. And she was also like, she would have she would have been like maybe nine at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, should I be allowing you to watch these things? But we had a great time. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I hate both of those uh, oh. franchises. I think I would rather watch Lord of the Rings than anything else we've just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, they're very good films, I will say that. Yeah, just... I don't hate the franchises of Lord of the Rings. I just am so uninterested in reading the books. Oh, you've invented a new language. I can't read it. Well, I know. And also, like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? Oh, I read. Um, I read The Hobbit as like to test. Be like, well, let's see if I like The Hobbit, and if I do, I'll read the whole thing. I hate it. I feel like I read the first page of Lord of the Rings when I was younger and went, nope, not for me. <laughs> Sometimes you just know, just like when your bald, hairy back partner, you just know. He's a good guy in the end, though. Okay, that's good. Although he does, she does have an issue that he wanders around the house naked on all her like very fancy white furniture, and she has to like ask him to put some pants on. But I think that's really cute. What's wrong with that? Because she doesn't want his testicles all over her white Oh, I forgot about balls. But he also does put... I forgot that people have balls. (laughs) (laughs) He also puts his um, used tea bags everywhere, which is a really nice little uh, thing for them both those issues to occur at once. That's quite nice. Why why would you put... Just put it in the bin. Yeah. I don't know. Why would you leave um, the cause of uh, fruit that you've left? Why would you leave them in random places all over the flat? David. David. <laughs> or put them in like the bathroom bin, which never gets emptied, so that it just stinks in there. And then when someone does take the bathroom bin out, it's covered in fucking mold. Well, do you know what Annie does? Uh, well, David, who you adore with all your heart, and Annie, who I adore with all my heart, but <laughs> she will 
not quite finish something. Oh. So there'll be like a splash of milk, like not even enough to put in a cup of tea. Or like I'll open the peanut butter and there'll be like a scrape. And then I'll be like, Annie, why didn't you just throw that away? And she's like, well, no, I didn't want to finish it in case you wanted some. And I'm like, but that's not enough. That's just snack For me chicken. to have some. That's how little can a person eat to avoid taking the thing out. Yeah, that's very annoying. It's annoying. But I think in her head, she's like, well, I won't finish it because Kirsty might want some. Like, she's trying to be good, but she's not really thinking about the quantity <laughs> of what's left. David's not being good. He's just being lazy with oh, the David. fruit pips. So now what I do is I just pick it up and go and put it in his hand wherever he is. And then does he eat it? <laughs> no, then he gets up and puts it in the fucking bin. Oh, Love you. Yes, we love you both very much. Stop being so annoying. Okay, <laughs> so back to the story. So after Mira sleepwalks into the lake, um, oh, the other, this is me talking about how her mum is a really good mum, I think. Okay. So after she sleeps, walks into the lake and she kind of comes home and she's like frightened by it. It's 3.30 in the morning and her mum makes her tomato soup, even though she's got to get up and go to work as a nurse. She's a great mum. She and is. Again, Robot Stein has never written a woman well yeah <laughs> he certainly hasn't written a good mum no never no but you know who has cbc yeah mm, yes she's also written some terrible parents but she's written some good parents do you remember in freeze tag that was a good mum what was she like her her mum was really nice and she, like she made her cocoa and she always had snacks in the house in case other kids from school came around even though they never did that reminds me of my friend jen who always has snacks in her bag oh that's is she a mum that's a very mum no she's not it's jen you know Jen. Oh yeah, she's just she just is a person one of those people really who is a mother to others. Yeah, yeah, she's very mothering. Yeah, but also just really loves snack snacks, so she's always got them. But she doesn't love them so much that she won't share them. Exactly, that's See? a good person. Mm-hmm. I was out with my mum the other day, and I was like, "Oh, mum, don't suppose you've got a tissue?" And she's like, "Yep." And I was like, "Of course you fucking do." But you've got a little box of raisins in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Such a mum thing to have. Like I'm 37, and my mum still carries things around. <laughs> In case people need them. My mum's always got a tube of polos, and she's always had at least one tube of polos in her handbag since I have been born. Wow. Yeah. Is it the same one? Uh, it's original or spearmint, or both. <laughs> <laughs> Susie was funny, because she said, do you know what else I bet your mum's got in there? A little um, a little jar of sugar water in case you need to save a bee. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's got um, one of the clicker uh, things where it's a sweetener for a coffee. Oh, oh, she doesn't take sweetener, but if she did, she would have that. Yeah. They <laughs> anyway. take it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who's not healthy and who does not have a healthy relationship? Link. Oh, God. That guy is deeply unhealthy. Here's what happens. So remember he... Christ alive, can you hear those seagulls? Seagulls? Are they going to burst through and kill me? <laughs> to start battering on the window. <laughs> Give us the fear street. So do you remember at the start... He have like... it, take it, take the fear street, Christ. <laughs> take it out to sea and drop it. So remember he cornered her at the start and was like begging her to get back together and she's like, no, I'm with Walker now. So he corners her again and she agrees that he can drive her home because it's about to rain. And she's like, well, I should really trust him. But he's like, drive into the woods with me to make out essentially and she won't go where he wants her to go. And we have this. He was furious, seething with anger at being rejected once again. Yeah, that's healthy. Oh, no. That's a healthy response. No. So he's almost going to burst and, like, hit someone. Okay. She also finds out that he's Mrs. Cottier's nephew, but he never mentioned it. Oh. Yeah. So he's sus as fuck, Link. Yeah. I'm going to say his actions are really troubling. 
So again, <laughs> pin all this to your papier-mâché owl because you're going to need it all. <laughs> so then what happens is, remember she has the weekend away with Donna and then this they they go to this little cabin by the lake, seems really chill and nice and then they meet this little boy and they're sort of playing with him and his toys and he's got this little toy car and he's just playing around and he throws it in the lake and Mira starts freaking out, shrieking, no, no, but like she doesn't know why. Weird, right? Is weird. Annoying. I mean, yeah. As well. <laughs> that will actually get explained, but yeah. <laughs> so you know, that introduces a little bit of mystery. So we've got loads of like all these strands of mystery running through. Okay. So then... She's back at Mrs. Cottier's house. She's with Walker, and she finds all these books on the occult and sleepwalking. See, I, I still am just imagining him, <laughs> him as Walker, Texas Ranger, so it's really funny when I'm just like, oh, there he is amongst the occult. Do you know what I imagined him as? You know Walker, the picture book publisher, and yeah. the logo is a bear holding a candle. <laughs> Do you know Walker's the crisps? Oh, yeah. I imagined him as mainly made of crisps. A crisp. Well, I imagined him as a bear. <laughs> So we've all got a weird image of Walker. Wait, if you're European, you probably call them Lay's, don't you? Or is that American? Is that the same brand? Yeah, of course it is. It's got the exact same logo. Never really looked. They're the exact same crisps. <laughs> Never oh, re- oh never sorry. really looked at it. I just not, uh, knocked the microphone there. Yeah, if there was a big noise there in your ears. I like ears. to make Apologies. our <laughs> listeners feel unsettled. <laughs> You never quite know when one of us is going to knock the microphone. Or someone might bark or (laughs) laugh too loudly. Just like to keep you on your toes. (laughs) So they find all these books and Mayra decides that Miss Cotia has cast a spell on her to make her sleepwalk as revenge for the experience she had when her mum was nursing her. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I actually love this bit. (laughs) So fun. No fucking way Robot Stein wrote this, right? (laughs) It's too It's too good. <clears throat> Here's what happens. Mary moved closer to the sink to see what the old woman was, this is Miss Cotia, was cutting with such ferocity. Then she sank back, groaning, feeling sick. It looked like a human hand. Mrs. Cotia, a strange smile on her face, turned and caught Mary's expression. Mary, what's the matter? She asked, holding the cleaver high, about to bring it down again. That thing you're chopping, Mary pointed. Mrs. Cotia laughed. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen pig's knuckles before? My sister loves pig's knuckles. She turned back to her work. Pig's knuckles? They didn't look like that, did they? Chop, chop, chop. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to create a mental image of this next part. Mrs. Cotia had such a gleeful expression on her face as she raised the cleaver and brought it down. Chop, chop, chop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that's too fun. Like, Robot Stone didn't write that. No, he didn't. I'm googling pig's knuckles to see what they actually look like. Oh yeah, what do they look like? Oh, they look just like meat. Yeah. There's a um, there's a Panamanian dish. I think it's called Sue, and it's like pickles pig pickle pig's feet. Mm-hmm. Oh, really horrific! I can't even like watch people eating it. Oh no, I don't really get why people get squeamish about certain types of meat because I'm like, mate, if you've eaten a sausage, true, you can't be squeamish. But I haven't eaten a sausage for over ten years. No, you you're allowed to okay, as a vegan, thanks, but thanks. others aren't. You know, people are like, eh, I guess I'm like, you've eaten a sausage, pal. But would you eat an eye? See, David will eat anything. See, if it was, like, sort of mashed up and, like, if it looked like an eye, I would struggle. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going. But if it was, like, mixed into something, I wouldn't care. David's eating a bit of monkey brain, I think. Oh. Like, I I respect that. I think if you are going to eat meat, you should eat anything. Yeah. 
Because what's the difference, really? Like, why will you eat the muscle of an animal but not the organ? See, when I was at uni, I cried um, handling a uh, whole raw chicken, which is when I knew that meat wasn't for me. Raw chicken is gross. Like, I eat it and it is gross. Yeah, it was. We'd gone to get a rotisserie chicken, but in order to save money, we'd bought an uncooked one that we would then do at home, and it was just a bad You know, time. quite often the rotisserie chicken works out cheaper. Well, it didn't in this instance. Okay. <laughs> no, just a tip for pals there. You know, if you have to get home and prepare it and cook it in the oven and stuff, it's, sometimes it's cheaper to buy the rotisserie one. My classic as a teenager was I would, because there wasn't like any, there's nothing where I'm from. <laughs> so I was just drive, your house and then nothing. Take my mum's car and drive to Asda and get an entire roast chicken and a bag of cherry scones. Oh, <laughs> that is a combo of dreams. <laughs> Did you eat the whole thing in a one Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> no, you didn't. It as a meal. Didn't. You did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would eat that. I, don't I could know. just go a cherry scone, you know. If you leave me Did long enough. you bring enough, me one? <laughs> if you leave me long From enough, my choices will get really fucking bizarre. Okay. By 95, I was nine years old. I wasn't driving a car. Oh, okay. I didn't bother to do the maths there. <laughs> it was definitely in this century. Okay. Well, you can bring me a cherry scone. So. All right, fucking princess. <laughs> Make your own. I know I will. Busy woman. Shop's around the corner. I'll pop round after this. So, are you ready for more unhealthy link behavior oh aren't i yes come on <laughs> so he tracks mira down at the lake when she goes by herself because remember walker couldn't go with her and he grabs her multiple times refuses to let go when she tells him to tries to kiss her and she has to literally hit him in the face and run run into the lake to get away from him yeah so like profoundly unhealthy yeah okay Horrible. Now, are you ready for everything I've just said to go completely out the window? <laughs> yes. Like, past halfway through the podcast, we've set up all this shit, you know, Link, his deeply unhealthy behaviour, Walker being actually pretty chill and a good boyfriend and displaying what I think is, like, a healthy display to teenagers of, like, how a relationship should be. Yep. Um, Do you, are you about to say this is where Robert Stein takes over the novel? Yes. Okay. So this is when... He was reading what CBC had done. Presumably she wrapped it all up really well. Um, and he was like, no, no, we're going to do it this way instead. So here's what's happening. <laughs> I've written, but, oh God, but. Now that she runs into the lake, she remembers that weeks ago, Walker stole a car, was driving it too fast, and then crashed into another car, which crashed into the lake, which had people in it. Well, the car had people in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Walker refused to help and everybody died who was in the car. Pretty horrible. Random escalation of violence. Random escalation of violence. Dab, 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 dab. Um, and then, this is how you know that Robot Stein took over. Because Walker hypnotised her so that she would forget. And then the sleepwalking is her trauma emerging. Okay. And then what happens is... Walker appears and he tries to drown her and here's a quote of why he's trying to kill her. I can't let you ruin my life. I'm going to be a famous magician. Not mu not musician. <laughs> a famous magician. You need to finish that off. I'm going to be a famous magician. I can't let you ruin that. <laughs> I mean, you can't. You can't let someone ruin it. The only person that is allowed to say that is David Blaine. 
Maybe he did say it once. Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe somebody was trying to stop him from being a famous... I was going to say musician. <laughs> musician. <laughs> oh, what was that really cool old magician called that my friend Natalia knew? He died, like, last year. You, d- you don't the... mean Paul that was married to Demi McGee? Daniels? Yes. He's... No. Well, I was going to say, I don't think you would describe him as cool. He was old, though. <laughs> um, no, he was called the amazing... The amazing... R- R- Rams? Not Jim, Randy? James Randy? Yeah, was it him? The Amazing Randy. And he's the one that put all the money into if someone could prove, like, psychokinesis or anything like that. Yeah. And I think Yuri Geller, he, like, said he would pay Yuri Geller a million dollars if he could prove anything. Of course, he couldn't prove anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he died last year. Um, Yeah, my pal knew him. Oh. Probably a really cool guy. Oh. He can say that. Yeah. And David Blaine, who is not a cool guy, but is... He seems like a real hard work doesn't he he seems like like... (laughs) he seems like a guy that if you went to a party and he was there you'd be like oh god so i'm going to just say that there are a lot of writers who are really dedicated to their own brand and narrative and it makes them fucking exhausting to be with in real life it makes them like quite successful but it makes them really tiring and really hard work he's exactly that but a magician the phrase that you always use that i love is have a day off yeah have a fucking have a day off come on just we're at a party doesn't have to be all the time not buying a book i know you're into your brand but (laughs) don't need to hear whatever narrative you spin for everyone else i'm not the general public thank you have a day off i like that i'm not the general public i'm not gonna buy a book i don't care what you say so just don't bother (laughs) don't make me say that i read it and didn't like it Mm -hmm. oh there's a reason we don't put everything we read on goodreads So, we're in a bad situation. Mira's being drowned by a man who wants to be a famous magician. <laughs> and then she is saved by Mrs. Cottier's cat. Oh my god. Remember, like, the cat that was, like, always listening and seemed to know more than it should? She just turns up and scratches the fuck out of his head. Yeah. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, right? My cats wouldn't do that. And remember all the stuff um, that you <laughs> yes, pinned? Yes, I do remember all that stuff. <laughs> remember all the stuff that you pinned on your papier mache owl? Right, we're getting to it. Pick all, pull all the pins out so you've got all the bits, right? Are you just going to say to throw it away because he's not going to address it? We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I'm mad about this book. Okay. So the chill nice guy was actually a cheating murderer. <laughs> um, and what about Link, who was violent and aggressive and possessive and unhealthy? <clears throat> he says, The only reason I was such a creep was that I cared about you so much. And then they get back together. I love that we've written down exactly the same quotes from this book. I'm so angry. <laughs> it's so annoying. Why has he done that? Why? Why? Is he, why has he turned it about? So, like, every fucking... I know we talk about this a lot on the regular episodes. Of, like, the relationship and romance lessons that we learn from these books were so shit. And I'm going to say, I think that's the worst one. Yeah. You know, if obviously... a guy is too chill and wants you to have your own space and have friends, it's because he's cheating on you. He single-handedly delivered us as a generation into the hands of therapists. Yes. You know how um you know how men who aren't nice guys who think they're nice guys go. Uh, women don't want us because they think we're all gonna fuck them over. Well, this is why. Women don't want me because I'm too nice. Yeah, this like, is why. I guarantee that's not why. It's not. It's not the case. Oh, mm-hmm. you're not. But if it was true, this would be why. Yes. This book would be the reason. Do you think Robert Stein is a MGTOW? I think <laughs> I think he's a creep. Is he an incel? He might be a MGTOW as well. Mm-hmm. Men, yeah, MGTOW, not MGTOW. <laughs> I had a, a really wonderful moment the other day with my mum. I could still can't tell if this is real or not, but it was like someone's Twitter profile. And it was like, 
basically everything that you know you don't want to know this person. Mm-hmm. And the, the profile was something like, I don't want to be friends with you if you're any of the following. And every single one of them was misspelled, which is why I'm like, this must be a spoof. <laughs> it can't be real. So it was like, if you are a feminist, if you are vaccinated, if you are an SJW, and half of them, my mum was like, what's that? Oh, what God. does SJW mean? Oh, and I was so like, jealous. oh, mum. <laughs> There's just so much of horrible internet that you don't know about and I'm so happy for you and oh. please keep it that way. Yeah. And it was just all these things that, oh, and it was, um, this is, I'm going to say an offensive word now, so just switch, sw- skip forward 30 seconds. He was also like, if you're a libtard, I don't, <laughs> don't want to hear about it. <laughs> and she's like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, mum, oh. <laughs> I'm going to break it down for you, but I like that you don't know. <laughs> I like that you're living in this world where you don't hear these phrases. So jealous. I know. I wish I lived in that world. I know. So she she also didn't know MGTOW. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to explain it to you, Mum. I want you to live in your nice world. Oh, I, I know, I know. Um, so I'm not happy about that. Um, let's go back to a little pile of interesting things. Okay. Which, you know, to recap, it was Miss Cotia looking kind of supernaturally young. It was um, her having all this, this draw of, like, the black candles and um, the spooky ghost kids in the graveyard. All of that stuff. Um, remember her dead son, Vincent, who drowned? Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things. Um, yeah. Like we never find out anything. <laughs> Throw them away. Who cares? Been... Throw them away. Um, n- none of it gets returned to. So it doesn't matter. So here is also I I have been doing a little bit of googling while you've been speaking, and I've googled Fear Street the Sleepwalker. I like how intently you listen to me. I've been very good though. Uh, Fear Street the Sleepwalker, Caroline B. Cooney, right? And it doesn't say yes. She goes right this book, but it does remind me that uh, Fire. Uh-huh. Her Losing Christina series. Oh yeah, we did them on the Patreon. Someone sleepwalking, mm. which I'm not saying is the most unique thing in the world, uh, but she's doing odd things while she's sleepwalking, and I think it's because of some sort of repressed trauma. I can't remember. I'm just thinking. Oh, mm. so she was like, I started to write this idea for Robot Stein. If he you fucked it, it. <laughs> so I'm going to do it better later. Going to do my own version. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Anyway, so that's the end of the book. She gets back together with Link, and it turns out that the reason that Mrs. Cotty has all this stuff is that she's this, like, super cool academic, and she kind of studies all the stuff. Marina Warner. Which is, oh my god. <laughs> Marina Warner. I love her so much. Like, I want to be exactly like her, but also, like, want to be her friend. I kind of want her to mother me she in, like, a slightly cool. creepy way. I still can't get over the fact that she gave me her card with her home address on it. What? I know, I was like... Aren't you afraid that I'm weird? (laughs) You've basically given out your home address on this podcast, so you're not afraid (laughs) no listeners are weird? True, true. (laughs) Maybe we're just all far too trusting. (laughs) Can I do my uh, Paris favourite line? Please. What are you staring at? Big neck. (laughs) Big neck? Big neck. Like wide or long neck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't know. Big neck. Wow. That's what I'm going to start saying to people. He's staring at Big Nick. Um, can I also do my low lights? Oh, yeah. The low light is, is the point the at which Robot Stein takes over. It's obviously. so obvious, isn't it? It's the so point obvious. that he takes over. Because he can't, he doesn't have the capability of writing that well. No. Like, he actually cannot. Or do you think he can? It's just... No. Why, <laughs> why bother? Why bother giving something 10 out of 10 if you're already a multi-millionaire doing it at, like, 4 out of 10? No, I don't, because I think he, if he... So why do you think he did it for this book then? Randomly. I don't 
know. And then why didn't he Maybe keep he it till the end? Maybe had extra time or he was in a good mood or something. No, obviously. They gave him a schedule that was way too much for even Robot Spine, who puts no effort into his books mm. to handle, because they probably... Probably immediately there were loads of people who were trying to do rip-offs and they were like, we need to get these books out. Um, so this could be bollocks. This could The timeline of this could be way off, but this is my hot take. We've got a theory, you know. Um, so then he wrote like five and he was like, do you know what? I've realised I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Maybe I'm going to need to get some like fresh blood in here. So they were like, hey, RTC, Diane Ho, Caroline Lee Cooney, people who've been kind of not really succeeding under their own names yet, but they or might maybe they be. hadn't even published under their own names. They wouldn't have published in the point horror sphere yet. Yeah, maybe, maybe they were doing adult novels or something yeah. else. So they brought them in and they were like, we're going to need you to write like the majority of these books and he'll just come in and put his own on it because he just can't write this many books. I mean, how many first three books are they? Oh, hundreds. Yeah, we've got, I mean, there's like... We've got hundreds sitting there waiting for us. Yeah. That I taught you with. That's a lot of books to read, even when they're fucking shite. So they got them in and they fed them in and then they just fed all their great writing and ideas through the robot sign shit machine. The, the shit robot, if you will. Oh, yeah. So they fed in information and out came a poo. Uh, but it still had some <laughs> remnants the body of the works. good information. The good information was like a, a sweet corn. Yeah, and yeah. it came littered throughout the shit. Got that's it, what got I think happened, yeah. I think that's accurate. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you're like, is it good, though? I mean... No, it's not good because it's, it's been ruined. It started good, though. Yeah, but it's been ruined. There's so many... It's so frustrating because there were so many elements of this that I loved. I really thought I was going to love this book. I thought it's going to be like... Remember when we read Dream Date in, like, season one, I think it was? Yeah. And we were like, this is actually really smart. It has a really good message about, like, abusive relationships and kind of unhealthy hetero teenage relationships. I mean, I guess also unhealthy queer relationships. Um, you could take the same messages across... But it doesn't do any of that. It does no. the fucking opposite. Yeah. And I loved all the witchy bits that just get dropped completely. Yeah. What's the point of any of that? What is the point? Nothing. Very annoying. I'm going to go and read a CBC instead. Yay! So, yeah, is it good, though? Sadly, no. Nope. I mean, on balance, I'm going to say three. Because it started... Oh, but then it gets so, so offensive. Like, I want to give it a one for how offensive it is at the end. Yeah. I mean, that is a really... It's, it is really tough to, to score it. We almost have to score it in two parts. Yeah. I'll give four to the beginning. Yeah, I agree. And then, and then one to the end. Zero at the end. <laughs> I think that might be our first zero. <laughs> I'm like, Robot Signs have given us some shit before. Yeah, but I'm giving it zero because it's like you've ruined people. Yeah. With that. Yeah. You've really ruined people. It's like a dangerous thing to do. So read the book. Is it good bad though? Oh, is it good bad? I mean, I love the peaches bit. Yeah, but that's not bad. It's that's good, good. Though. Yeah, it's not even really good bad. No, I mean the whole is good bad. Literally good then bad. It, it, yeah, it gave us something to be mad about. Till yeah. Good, bad. So do read the book, but read the book up until about seventy percent through, and then just put it aside and make up your own ending. Yeah. In fact, why don't you write an ending and send us it? Oh my god, yeah. That'd be so fun. If we were more organised, we would have like made that a thing. Yeah. But we're not. Yeah. But send us it anyway. If you can fit it in a tweet, <laughs> great. Um, you can tweet us. Oh, did you see my segue? Oh, nice. Right? Yeah, that was great, but yeah. you didn't do it on purpose, which no, is I why didn't. you made the sound. <laughs> no, I fucked <laughs> up. So you can tweet us at Teenage Scream underscore, or you can Instagram us at Teenage Scream Pod. And if you want to send us a good ending of this story, then that would literally make our week. Yeah, it would. Um, our, you can let us know via Patreon which is patreon.com slash Teenage Screen Podcast, where you can chat to us and you can get a free podcast every month and you can get... A pin badge. A pin badge, thanks for reminding me there. <laughs> um, 
so yeah that's just where we are uh, and come be with us and in conclusion read some of the book read some of the book don't be the ending bye